ManaDeprived.com is proud to present Top 8 Magic Podcast with Michael J. Flores and Brian David Marshall. Brought to your ears thanks to FaceToFaceGames.com. So do you like my uh, new Magic bag? I like the same bag, right? I don't think you do. I, I got that like on the, the Pro Tour. It's like the, maybe like a, a bag that's made of like wet toilet paper so if you like actually put it on it tears in half no, that's 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 a, this is a newer bag that's made out of a sturdier two-ply toilet oh paper. two-ply toilet paper. Yeah. oh well no it has a well this has a very nice phyrexian mana symbol that's, on it. no that's the planeswalker symbol oh the planeswalker oh. oh well it's a kind of like a crown i thought yeah. like maybe or if you're looking at it upside down maybe it looks phyrexian maybe that's a code yeah, so, uh, I mean, anyway, you know, some, some, my wife sometimes says, like, oh, I like that water bottle or something. Uh, but normally, you know, she doesn't like magic-related T-shirts, for example. Yeah, my wife is very happy that this bag does not have, in her own words, any flaming horses or that clown, which I believe is Jester's Cap. <laughs> a nightmare, right? Yeah, so, yeah, a nightmare. Nightmare and Jester's Cap. Yeah, which is, like, just, like, from Pro Tour 1. Yeah. And, like... After Pro Tour 1, we had, like, a bunch of merch from Wizards of the Coast in yeah. the store. And that included, like, the Nightmare Denim Jacket. <laughs> uh, who wore the Nightmare Denim Jacket? Like, Michelle Bush? I mean, I owned one. You owned one? <laughs> my wife would not let me wear it. So, when you say the store, I mean, your wife used to work in the store, she right? She did. So, I mean, like, she's not just pretending that she doesn't know about Magic the Gathering cards, she right? Knows about ma- she, so, so, she knows about Magic the Gathering cards. She knows. She has played Magic the Gathering. But it's yeah. not something that... It was very funny. So well, she, she and Boyth has played Magic the Gathering. She has. Okay. So we, we, we went to see Star Wars, right? Force Awakens. And we went to see... Before what that, is that? A movie? Before that, we saw episodes uh, four, five, and six. Because my wife had never seen them. And so we watched them. And it was, it was really funny because my wife, again, had been, you know, at the... You know, we ran the store. That involved doing, like, you know, as a small business year, you don't get to just sit in your ivory tower and, you know, count your money. you got to ring people up. you got to pull singles. you got to do all this. It was, you know, a, a small business. She, like, pulls singles, right? Yeah. So if you said, like, I would need a sword supply shares, she Carla knows, would be able to knows, find she one. She could tell you what color sword supply shares is. Wow. To, you know. no. But anyway, so, but one of the games we sold, we also sold Star Wars trading card My God, she singles. did not know that it was a movie. She did know it was a movie. <laughs> oh, okay. But what was very funny is as we were watching the movie... Like, there were cards that she would sell a lot of. She was like, oh, Ice Planet Hot. Yeah. Oh, Dagobah. <laughs> like, she knew them as cards. Yeah. But not as necessarily in the context of where they belonged in the Star Wars canon. Well, I'm happy that <laughs> that, that, that became materialized for her. So if you're listening to, like, I don't know. Oh, hi, this is the Top 8 Magic Podcast. A, a rickety shopping cart of an oxygenarian. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, we, this is we're back to the topic magic podcast in in our usual environs, which is you know any random street corner. It's not it's, it means Waverly. This is Waverly and Gay. And gay. There's uh, no motorcycle cross. Which is a uh, which is the street corner that's uh, depicted um, on our Facebook page, which you should go like to, uh, facebook.com slash top eight magic. But I'll warn you, it's mostly Fetchland recaps <laughs> <laughs> uh, because we we did you watch vinyl. I didn't, but we have a recap of it. <laughs> it, was, it was really interesting. I don't know if it was good or not. Um, she said that it was, like, impossible to do a regular recap of, so she just chunked the story out of, like, four storylines. I pretended, like, that's was, what happened. So I, had, I didn't know she was doing the recap, and I was watching it, thinking about it. We should do a recap? Yeah. And, like, I was like, wow, this is going to be really difficult to recap. Oh, yeah, I told her you, you offered to, to, to do that. 24 hours after she had already posted one, sure. But she, says, she was like, why did you finish Into the Badlands? She, she said, you didn't finish it? <laughs> I ended up watching all those episodes. Uh, I understand how you feel. But I, 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 like, pretended that I was reading your recaps and stuff, but then Lan told me later, it's basically the closest you could actually come to having a comic book on screen. So I was just like, oh, maybe I will watch this. But what's about as good? I, it, that show is much better than Bastard Executioner, which, by the way, I did a recap of every single episode. <laughs> so she says we should switch off on Game of Thrones because she doesn't believe either one of us can accomplish oh, wow. actually uh, completing an she, entire season she, of one of our stars. So I select you as a champion to fight for me? No, no, no. We'll switch off or oh, something. Okay. Um, 
So she doesn't want to do it herself. She thinks that, like, you know, she's not nerdy enough to do She just likes to watch the dragons eat people and yeah. cows, not yeah. actually write about dragons eating people and cows. That's um, all my wife wants to watch. Just dragons, dragons she's eating. She's just into the dragons. So we had a... She likes turning too. She we had a minor dispute about this a few years ago, like, not a real dispute. But I said that I thought the best television show at the time was Young Justice. And you said, well, it's not as good as Game of Thrones. And was that before or after you'd actually seen Young Justice? When you said that? After I'd seen Young Justice. But you, so you, but you still think I Young... Think young I think Young Justice is really, is like, pinnacle of an animated superhero TV show. As good as an animated superhero TV show can be, right? right? But I think it's I think it's severely limited by the form, by, by the parameters of... Being an animated yeah. TV show. Uh, animated superhero TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I actually want to write, like, a, a thing where people should... You saw my post on Facebook today. What? About Netflix and season three of Young Justice. Is that not why you brought this up? What? Is that not? <laughs> I why did you... not see this. I was actually working. To... Is that a real thing? I don't know. I mean, someone posted. I, I forgot. So no, this is actually where I'm coming from. Greg Weissman, who created Young Justice, who was also the creator of Disney's Gargoyles, yeah. who's like an expert on creating literally the best cartoons that get canceled. Right. Yeah. So if you've never seen Disney's He's Gargoyles, like the Joss Whedon of he cartoons. is like, I mean, Disney's Gargoyles is just the pinnacle of cartoons until Young Justice comes out, right? Yes, but is currently reviewing it for a potential season three. So, it's Greg like Weissman said... By the way, like 90 likes in about an hour. Greg Weissman said the best thing that you can do to get into season three of Young Justice is to watch all the episodes of Young Justice season two that have just been put on. So I was actually going to write a thing to our readers, be like, oh, hey... It just, it's on Netflix now? Yeah, Young Justice just, just came out on Netflix last week. Okay. They've had season one for a while. So season two just came on last week, so, I was, so go watch this. It's really good. Um, but I wanted to get a you know a pull quote from you on this, uh, so you know just, I, you know the the pinnacle of this. And I personally, I don't know if I I think I like Young Justice more than, than Game of Thrones. But I think I'm willing to just stretch my imagination into thinking by, that by like way, I don't know, that a cartoon could be as good as a regular I don't know that I like show. it better than anything Dwayne McDuffie's written for. Like, really? I love. The, I mean, I've been watching a bunch of like Dwayne's like. First of all, I I would actually say this. Of the things that Dwayne McDuffie is credited as the head writer of, yeah. there is a wide variance of how good those things are. Like, the last season of, like, Ben 10 Omniverse, which came out four years after Dwayne McDuffie had passed away, yeah. where he is still credited as the head writer, is pretty bad yeah. compared to the first season. You can hardly be blamed for that now, can't The first season, like, the first season of, of uh, what's it? Not Ben 10. What's the first? Ben 10 Alien Force? Yeah. First season of I've Ben 10 Alien Force is unbelievable. I've never seen any Ben 10. Okay, let me tell you. The first... You never... I never saw a single episode of Ben 10. I saw the first season of Ben 10 Alien Force, and I was just like, what the hell am I watching? This is freaking great. And I think I told you that, and you're like, isn't it just Dial H for Hero? <laughs> and I was like, yes, and shut up. The first season of Ben 10 Alien Force is fantastic. Then it, like, gets up and down. But, like, Ben 10 Alien Force and Ben 10 Ultimate Alien are basically the same show. Yeah. But then, like, Ben 10 Omniverse, which is, like, there's, like, five seasons of these two shows, was just, like, oh, let's try to recapture the kiddiness of the original Ben 10, which is, like, wildly unsuccessful when the characters are all in college now. They're, like, college yeah. age. They're, like, oh, Ben, you're so silly. And they've been, like, doing serious things, like, you know, saving the world and, like, actually, like, going through, like, the pathos of, like, getting older and having, like, you know, a great deal of responsibility laid on a child. But... Um, are you talking about then his yeah, Justice League the work? Justice League stuff, and then like his alternate history DC stuff. What alternate history? Like, his, like didn't he write the thing where it's like New Frontier? Well, he, no, not no. New Frontier. New Frontier is Darwin Cope well, did that. No, no, no. This is the one that it's like. Uh, I've seen it all, so I, I want to see what I you just, uh, just, you're going to pull out of your hat. So remember. he was obviously the head writer of Justice League for a yeah, while, yeah, yeah. Um, which is excellent. Yeah. But I think that it's nowhere near as good as. Young Justice. And I think my opinion from this is like my expectation thought, on Justice thought, League was so different than my expectation. Two, I found season two of Young Justice to be such a mess. No way, it's awesome. Did you watch it like consecutively? No, Oh my god, it's really good. And you should watch it and like it's it's and I don't know it's on Netflix. It's got a lot of planned twists and turns. It's supposed to be frustrating. So we're not I mean, are we are we just resolving that we're just not gonna talk about any magic? Oh it's actually this I was gonna to say this is supposed to be our post pro tour podcast. <laughs> we're supposed to podcast last week. I don't know what happened to you. Every single day I was like, hey, let's podcast. And you were like, oh, I'm flying a kite. I was. I was flying. I have a key attached to it. I'm going to see if 
kites with keys attached to it can attract electricity from the sky. Was last week I came home from the pro tour? Yes. Yeah, yes, it was. The, yeah, I didn't do anything. You know what I did? I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> I just watched TV. <laughs> That's all I did. I had work I had to do, but I didn't do it. I just watched TV. I was so tired when I came back. So, I was like so exhausted. Did you look at my Did you look at my post about Tristan Thompson? Did you read that? You should read it. It's good. I think. I was supposed to, I was gonna make an infographic about it, but I was like, this is hard. <laughs> I'm just gonna make this into a regular post. I still think it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, but Tristan Thompson's last game, which I don't know who it was against. Was it, it wasn't against the Knickerbockers, was it? No, it was against LA. Yeah. It was about the, I mean, I can't say it's the best game anyone had because Steph Curry exists. <laughs> Steph and Curry exists, so he just yeah. throws off the bar. But his, listen to his stat line. He was like, I think either six for six or nine from nine from the field, three from three from the line, 13 rebounds, one personal foul, zero turnovers, non-zero number of steals and assists. I mean, like, about as perfect of a line as you could possibly have for a power forward. Like, I think it was like six for six, three for three, 13 rebounds, like, no turnovers. Like the game Draymond Green had against the Knicks. He had, a, he had a triple double he, he was nine for nine from the field. Draymond Green is very good. He's the only power forward who's uh, who's more productive than, than Tristan this year. They keep saying they're going to trade Love, but what do they? I mean, I guess they. If you could get Harden for Love, I could live with that. But I don't know about trading. trading all all love. I know is Melo won't waive his no trade, and that means we can't get Brooklyn's unprotected first round pick. What are all of these trades that Celtics think they're going to get love and we're going to end up with Mello? You end up with Mello. <laughs> we end up with Mello and the Celtics get love. Why would we do this? We're, we're, we're a win-now win team. I, I don't, I'm not interested I in picks. I actually think Mello... No, I think Mello on the Cavs is actually insane. Is it an upgrade from Kevin Love, who's a double-double machine, who doesn't make a lot of mistakes? Uh, if you've watched Mello this year, he's been a double-double machine, and he hasn't made a lot of mistakes. And I think he's better. I think he's... He's not better than Love. I think he's a better offensive player than Kevin No way. Kevin, I think Kevin Love is literally the most versatile offensive player in the, in the NBA. He can oh, literally do everything. He's a better offensive player if you factor in being friends with LeBron. <laughs> I'm okay. sorry. I didn't give you all the, all okay. the variables. <laughs> he certainly is versus LeBron versus Love, who LeBron apparently doesn't get along with very well. With the best is like, like, uh, who are we going to get on our team next year? LeBron's just like, it'll be me, James Jones, the ghost of Mike Miller. Uh, we're signing Marion, I think. But LeBron, this is a lot of grizzled veterans. It's me, James Jones, a.k.a. King... You know James Jones has been in the last four NBA Finals. Yeah. Five now. <laughs> He's very good NBA player. The ghost of Mike Miller. <laughs> Literally like, ooh, I will haunt the three-point line. Ooh. And, yeah, Sean Mary. How many minutes will Sean Marion play in the playoffs? None. He will not play any minutes in the playoffs, but he will occupy our roster spot. <laughs> Uh, okay, LeBron. Uh, do you have any other requests? I need a stud power forward, so I don't have to play power forward. Okay, um, anyone in particular you want? Anyone but Kevin Love. And I don't care how many first-round draft picks and or number one draft picks you have to trade. Get anyone but Kevin Kevin Love, you say. Done. I said anyone but Kevin Love. Yeah, I like Kevin Love. I, I, I like how the Cavs are constructed. I think it's a good team, yeah. but but I don't know, man. Golden State and the Spurs are so deep. It, it doesn't matter. They're, those guys are like... Because Melo is like, I'm staying. <laughs> what if he could go to the Cavs? What if there was like a buyout? Be like, like basically... What, so every what if the Knicks and, buy out the Cavs? What if the Cavs here's, get... Here's the thing. So I watch, I watch a bunch of stuff about the potential trade yeah. deadline, and every NBA expert... It's tomorrow. I know, but every NBA expert, they're like, so talk to us about this potential... Uh, trade and they're like, okay, so here's how it breaks down. This is a good trade for all parties involved, but that's impossible. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> this is a good trade for all parties involved, but Lala doesn't want to go to Cleveland. <laughs> that's that's literally like every basketball expert's analysis of the trade. But I don't understand Lala why. doesn't want. But to go why to do they, they keep saying that these guys don't want to go to Cleveland? Cleveland has become a free no, agent hub. Lala doesn't want to. Do you know who Lala is? Oh, oh, oh. Lala Anthony. Oh, Carmelo's, I Carmelo's wife. DJ wife. Yes. Yeah, I know who that is. I'm sorry. I thought you meant like you were just like, you know, asterisk no, no, doesn't want to go. No, 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 no. Lala, like Carmelo's wife. It doesn't does want to go. So she can just stay in New York. She does not want to go to Cleveland. There, you no. know, she aeroplane. also does not want to be far from Melo. Yeah, because Melo is such great companionship. Well, yes, he yeah. is. And she's worried about that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, so I, I wanted to talk about the Pro Tour. Okay. Uh, I thought that was a very exciting Pro Tour to watch. I watched a good, a good number of the matches on camera. 
which fun. I don't always do. Yeah. I made sure to avoid the limited matches. That's confusing to me. Sure. Because like, the decks are so short. Yeah. Like, it seems like a third of the cards or so are missing. Yeah. Or, you know, a third plus four if you're Ben Rubin. <laughs> um, and then uh, I thought that the, the deck that was played by LSV and the Channel Fireball crew was among the most wonderful decks I'd ever seen assembled for a pro tour. It, it, it was compared very favorably by the team to Cobblade. Oh, I think it's much more like Innovator Dragonstorm. I think Cobblade's a good deck. Don't get me wrong. Right. Obviously, it won the Pro Tour. It was a great performing deck. But if you want to talk when you about say Innovator Dragonstorm, do you mean Gassy Knoll? Gassy, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I don't want to call it Innovator Dragonstorm. Right. I'm sorry. Gassy Knoll. I hate that name. Okay, Innovator Dragonstorm slash Gassy Knoll. Gassy Knoll, I thought was like among the most like. You drop this deck. It's like ins no deck. To, to my recollection, no deck has ever performed as well on the Pro Tour at scale as Gassinol. Part of the problem with Cobblade, well, despite the fact that they, it lost in the finals, right? So right. they had multiple in the top eight. Patrick killed Nassif, and then Patrick inexplicably lost in the finals, right? So, yeah, yeah. Um, so to make him an, an you know an infinite number of second places at <laughs> the World yeah. Championship, but um, but uh, Cobblade. Was I mean? Don't get me wrong. Cobblade is arguably the best standard deck ever. But in terms of his performance in the Pro Tour, it was kind of untuned, and they all killed each other. So it, yeah, I mean, it wasn't that. It still finished like six people. Yeah, it was in good. The top sixteen or something. All right, so I'll, I'll give you a different statistic. Mike Sigrist is a pretty good Magic player, right? Yeah. This is pretty good. I don't know. Was he reigning player of the year? Yes. He finished twenty fifth. Yeah. Twenty fifth is. If we extend twenty fifth to twenty seventh, let's say, that is quite literally one Eidolon trigger out of the top eight. <laughs> Believe me, I know. Okay. <laughs> he finished 25th, which is two spots better than one Eidolon trigger out of the top finished, eight. They finished 10 people. In the 10 top people? 10 people in the top 25. Finished ahead of Mike Sigrist. No, I'm saying Channel Fireball finished 10 That's people. what I'm saying. Yeah. Ain't no Cobblade never done that. No, no. It was, it that's was, like, it was pretty insane. That's like an 11-way tie for top eight. Do you... In the grand scheme of things, do you think that the Channel Fire, the colorless Eldrazi deck, is better than the red blue Eldrazi deck? Yeah, sure. The red blue Eldrazi deck. These are two two knocks against like the, red blue the, Eldrazi. The matchup seemed way in favor so, for red blue Eldrazi. So red blue Eldrazi. Here's there's two things that I would not, not going to, and it's, there's nothing wrong wrong with this when I say this. First of all, the sheer explosiveness of the Channel Fireball deck yes. is greater. Okay. Things that are wrong with the Channel Fireball deck, like none of them like those ratchet bombs. Their deck isn't perfect, okay? Like, their deck ain't perfect. Nobody, okay? likes, Nobody those likes those ratchet bombs. bombs, okay? Pause that for a second. The Red Blue Eldrazi deck can actually get some pretty, like, not happy hands. Sure. And maybe you have to mulligan, maybe you're like, eh. I mean, like, I know that LSV in the top eight threw away hand because he just thought he could do better, right? Ended up going, maybe going south for him. But the Red Blue Eldrazi deck can really get some hands that you don't want. That That's one. But the thing that's worse about it is, have you ever tried to play that deck? The red it blue one? is incredibly complicated, right? Like, what is the interaction if you have multiple Eldrazi mimics followed up by a vile aggregate? How big are any of your creatures? You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. You don't know, right? I don't know. Right. So, you like listeners? You might think this is silly that I'm saying this. I doubt. I think that if like all other things held equal, the average relatively good player had the red blue Eldrazi deck in front of them, the average relatively good player had the Channel Fireball deck in front of them, they would do better with the Channel Fireball deck. And I think that like the fact that the Channel Fireball deck did so well en masse is a great testament. I think that the red blue Eldrazi deck happens to have a great matchup with the Channel Fireball deck and it just raffle stomped the good players in the top eight, which is what happened, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it just, it beat three straight 75 card mirrors. Yeah, so <laughs> here's the thing, right? Was Nia Lightsaber the greatest standard deck ever built? Probably not. Is it on the short list? Yes. <laughs> but is it the greatest? Probably not. Andre didn't come close to losing one of those Judd matches on camera. Sure. Right? Like, that was a good matchup for him, right? So, I mean, you know, Bram Snapfangers came close to beating him with his step links. Like, it was like the mirror match where Bram's guys are smaller or, and worse, and he almost won. Right. But, like, the dominating the dominating Judd strategy, what do you, like, Nine owed them or whatever. Yeah, it was gross. So, like, I think like you get you get the certain matchups on camera. You look a little bit better than you might in other situations. We're talking about single elimination magic. Best three out of five though. on camera. Super limit. Look, here's the thing. If I only have to train one matchup, right? And let's say that Channel Fireball guys are training the so night you, before. You, you, you they don't know how big the bugger aggregate is. <laughs> They're afraid to ask a judge because they don't want to look silly. <laughs> I guess this is like an average size. What does that mean, an average size? Four, you five. Know, four, you five. Know. 
I guess like normally be like two, three maybe, but for this tournament, maybe four and a half, four and a half. <laughs> I don't know. Well, what do you think happens come Grand Prix Detroit? Maybe four and a half, three. So three major modern tournaments, same weekend, Grand Prix Detroit weekend, two, three weeks from now. Yeah. What do you think happens as far as the field? Like online, it's been predominantly colorless and red-blue Eldrazi. I like, uh, so Patrick actually had an interesting solution to this. I like green-white Haterator. I think that I'm going to fly in and play that. Do you really? Are you going to Detroit? I mean, I thought about it. I think it's pretty, I think green-white Haterator is pretty spectacular. I mean, it seems good. I mean, like, let's say you have a, I don't know, your busto draw with a bunch of Eldrazi mimics. So you're, you're just what Leaf Legion and Vamp and, uh, what you call it? Obstinate Bala thing. Obstinate Bala I mean, like, how are you? Are, are you Locks it on Smiter. Can you look realistically beat this draw? I guess go hierarchy. You go, what are you going to do on first? I mean, look, even if you draw like your most explosive draw, I don't know that you can beat my best draw. So if I go turn one. I go first one, hierarch go. Okay. You go turn one, hierarch go. Locks yeah. it on which. Which Noble hierarch. Noble hierarch. Okay. Yeah. I go turn if one. If I have a deck that can play locks on hierarch on the I first was, turn, it's a, this is a different. Well, because, well because You're probably not going to win if that's I my deck. I go turn one, mimic, mimic. Two mimics. Okay, I go second turn. Guys, of change staff. Go. Okay, I go. Thought not seer. Okay. I take your best card. It's exiled. You don't get to. Okay. Haterate it into play. Okay. And then I attack you free. Okay, I rip a worship and I play that worship. <laughs> Lucky. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you can't beat my best draw. It's impossible. Your your deck doesn't have the tools to beat to beat. Uh, I mean, if all I did is just play uh uh, go, what's it? Wings of Orzova. What's it called? Which one? Uh, Green, white. Orzov, Orzov, one, plus one, plus one, flying lifelink. Okay. If I just play that on the third turn, I'd probably beat you anyway. I mean, I do have... You five. can beat nine flying lifelink no, on turn I two. Dis I can dismember, On turn three. Right? No, my guy has hexproof. Before you do it, in response... He has hexproof. Oh, he has hexproof <laughs> in the first place? Yes. Which guy are you talking about? Geist of Zay Trapped. Oh, Geist of Zay Trapped. Okay. You know, I just no. play that card. Sure. Like, that's literally a two-turn clock. Sure, sure, sure. Lifelink sure. flying, and my I have I li and I have an uh, an exalted creature in play. Right. Like, uh, I mean that's a very good draw, right? Yeah. But I'm, that's not even my stupid draws, right? If you're if you're like if you're gonna want to play against my obstinate Baleth, Wiltleaf Leech, uh, you know Smiter draws with dismembers and pads, like that's that's really gonna be very very hard for you to beat. What are you, what are you playing to deal with the reality smashers and? That's the best thing. You just like you, you path and, you path and play a wheel fleet leash, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So, but I mean, it doesn't matter how many realities. No smash. big game hunters. No, uh, yeah. Probably not. Game. I don't know. Why would I play black instead of? I think blue is better because of. You get to kill something with a big game hunter. I mean, all right. Like my deck sounds like it has a lot of things that are pretty good against reality smasher and <laughs> a, a wide, a wide hole. You also get to kill their thought not seer that way. Where the other cards in the format are. Yeah. I mean, I think this deck's also super good against Affinity. That's why I like it. Like, just point removal and after sideboarding, I have, like, Stony Silence and Ancient Grudge or something. Yeah. I can't even imagine losing. Like, like I, where my, my deck is Lifelink, Ancient Grudge, and Stony Silence. <laughs> <laughs> like, my guys are hexproof. In case you were wondering, you can't target it either, right? Yeah. Like, that seems awesome to me. And then if you're just randomly playing against Jund or, or Ab... Like, if some somebody's, like, foolishly, is like, I'm going to play my Abzan deck from last season. They're like... Liliana. Okay, all right. <laughs> Plus Liliana, all right, I'm going to discard a Whitley Fleash. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, oh. <laughs> That's terrible for me. Yeah. Like, yeah, it is. It I is. mean, I imagine that deck's really good against Burn, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, I think Obstinate Baloth and, I mean, all those cards are yeah. really good against them. So, like, so, a ton of life. And then, like, I, I, can, can Burn beat, like, second turn, uh, Geist of St. Traff, third turn Worship? Is that a thing that they can beat? I don't know. I mean, it's not that hard for the uh, Eldrazi deck to get, like... They have to kill you on the third turn, on the play, to no, beat no, the best no, draw. No, 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 no. I mean, they, there's, there are, like, cards that are, like, sacrifice a creature. And they can play, like, Bearer of Silence or something. Yeah, but I have garbage guys, too. Okay. Right? Like, I have Hierarchs and Angel Tokens and yeah. random 4-4 Baloths. You can't, like, you, you have to get all the guys. That's... Yeah. And eventually I'm going to have a flyer. You're, the, the, the Eldrazi deck is weak at de defending against flyers. Sure. Right? So that's, uh, I, I mean, I think that's a pretty yeah. exciting strategy. I would play that deck. It seems pretty cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was only... Patrick's I mean, idea. I mean, it's, I think, I mean, not to take anything away from that. I mean, it's certainly, like, people were talking about at the Pro Tour, pro, you know, Painter Servant, Big Game Hunter, Wilt Leaf Liege, um, 
just, I mean... Why play Painter Servant? What's the point of that? Painter Servant shuts off all the Eldrazi lands. Oh, they all tap yeah, because all So you they just play fair? Well, so, so basically, you can't do anything with an Eldrazi temp... I mean, on Eye of Ugin. You, can, you can't tap it for But your white. lands your lands are no longer... Nothing in your deck is colorless. Because everything in your deck has a color. All your cards in hand have color now. They're black. Well, it still taps for white or something. No, it's still... The Eye of Ugin doesn't do anything. Wait, so what does Painter Servant makes all your cards of a certain color? All, it makes all cards in all decks, hands, graveyards, that everywhere. Color. Black, or whatever color you name. So, for But example, it doesn't do anything to lands? No. Okay. No. So, I thought it also made lands no, half no, of no, that color. No, no, That's no. A, the different so one. you think That's it is Celestial... Uh, Celestial Dawn. Celestial yeah. Dawn, yeah. So it's just, it just shuts off all the soul lands. Until it gets dismembered. Until it gets dismembered. <laughs> right. It makes them pay five. It's like the, it's like a one three remorseless punishment. It makes them pay five life. Well, like, pay five life, kill that. So let's say I'm playing against arguably the best deck ever to play the Pro Tour. Maybe I want a better backup plan. <laughs> and sometimes they're going to have to tap one mana to deal with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree that like all of the all of the Dodecapod type effects seem very good, and they're like they're efficient guys too. They're, yeah, yeah, they're, you know, they're, all, they're all really good. They're all really good, right? Like, you know, Locks and Smiter's good. Yeah, is just good. You just play Locks and Smiter on turn three, and then on turn two, right? Oh, like, turn two rather, and then you just cast Will Leaf Legion, yeah. swing for seven. Yeah, seven. You see how I said seven and not six? Yeah, that's because yeah. of because of the Loxon and Hierarch. Yeah, yeah. You mean? Noble, noble hierarch. If you called him a Loxon hierarch. No, you called him a Loxon hierarch. I did? Yeah. Oh, he said, what kind of hierarch? Loxon hierarch? Well, if we can play first turn Loxon hierarch, this is a completely different format. We're Loxon and Warhammer. Let's go crazy. I was thinking about that. <laughs> don't don't get me wrong. But people are going to play anti-artifact. The thing is, I was thinking about playing Stony Silence in the main deck. Because then they can't even ratchet bomb your worship. <laughs> yeah. Well. But they, they're, they're not even going to have the ratchet bombs by, by the way. So, yeah. I mean, it was interesting. I was talking, well. So I was talking to... Jason Chung about Blue Moon. He finished like tenth with the the Blue Moon deck. Yeah. And he you know. I saw him play some matches on camera. Yeah. He said uh, he felt like he could you know tune that deck up with Black for Colligan's command, and he felt like he couldn't lose to the Channel Fireball deck. Really? Yeah, because he couldn't was, lose. The only, as a... the only thing, well, he felt like the thing that got him in that matchup was Ratchet Bomb. Because it killed his his token. Because it killed his Blood Moon. Well, here's the thing. They would like, kill his Blood Moon, and they couldn't do really anything under the Blood Moon. No, I mean, they have wastes and stuff. Like, I think that their deck is, like, better set up against Blood Moon than maybe he's necessarily giving it easy credit for. Yeah, but then he had other... But then, in that case, though, he had I, Remands and Counter Spells. I spent a lot of my life working real hard yeah. to win a small amount more than regular. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doubting that you can work real hard yeah. to get a small edge in Magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Or you could just like empty your bowels on somebody's grave. <laughs> There's two different ways to go. And one of them is very rude, a little smelly maybe. Yeah. It's also less work and not as hard. But I don't know. Like, I, I mean, all four, you know, doing your own thing and trying. But the thing is, like, no, it's not. Is Blue Moon such a rewarding, unique strategy? You know, that's like, that, that was so. Two or three modern Pro Tours ago. <laughs> it's a sweet Was it Lishi Chan? Who, who yeah. Brought, yeah. It was, it was all you know, the MTG Mick guys. No, no, back yeah. then, I'm just saying. Yeah, like, yeah. He was the finisher, though, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's sweet. You get to play with, like, you know, counter spells and. You get to play with Batter Skull. You yeah. play with a 4 4 yeah. for 5 yeah, when fun. other people are playing a 5 5 for what 2. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, you could do that. You know what's insane? Well, this is a super insane thing. You know how I have, like, I'm, I'm so against Tarmogoy, right? Like, like I, not green red blood moon. Like some just like elf blood. Like, like you just like noble hierarch of blood moon into play on turn two. That's like the only color noble hierarch doesn't tap for red. Whatever. So, um, you know, like I'm against Tarmogoy. I hate Tarmogoy. All your non-basics are going to tap for red. You know so. I hate Tarmogoy. I do. I'm, I'm against sure. Tarmogoy. Yeah. Which is like, in these big formats, you ever see, only ever see a good player lose because he has a stupid ass Tarmogoy in, in, in play, right? But, like, now, guys like Frank Lepore just make it so, like, no one can ever talk about it. Just, like, how many traveling claws are you going to main deck? Six. How ridiculous was Frank's performance? Run six. Well, you know, how ridiculous is the fact that he had the third best Eldrazi deck in the top eight? <laughs> <laughs> Look, 
<laughs> like, ah, this is what's pretty good. He just won me a dinner. Yeah? Yeah. Why? I had a wager with some guys at the Modern Masters podcast about which card was going to do the best. Yeah. And I had World Breaker. I don't remember what cards they had, but... <laughs> World Breaker, that's a good one. Yeah. And so Frank Frank won me a, won me a Shaq Burger. World Breaker's sweet. Like, that guy's actually... He's he's outperforming, like, the legendary Titan Eldrazi's in tournament play in terms of, like, being played. Yeah. But there's more World Breakers that are showing yeah, up the top eights. Yeah, a card we've talked about yeah. a bunch. Yeah. No, but you would think, I think, that... Ulamogs and Kozileks would be seeing a lot of play, and they're seeing some play, they're, but World Players are seeing a lot of Ko- play. Kozilek is, Kozilek is priced pretty fairly. <laughs> you know? So you're saying, like, you get a lot of performance, but you have to pay for it, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, 10 mana or whatever it costs. It's, it's like 100,000 mana. Yeah, it's... it's, it's <laughs> Two of it's colorless, yeah, yeah, That doesn't <laughs> like, make it easier. It's like, like 90... It's like 99,999 <laughs> mana. No, boy, sorry, <laughs> 900,998 man, <laughs> two colorless. Yeah, yeah. Kozilek. What's the size? Yes. That's how big he is. Yes. Um, this, is, this, is what I, this is what I super dream about. They're like playing for a slot, right? My opponent's got Kozilek in play. I just like dangle my Eldrazi Obligator under the table. Just be like, you gotta have a three. And then he discards like Mrs. Pilgrimage. And I'm like, sweet. Pay the colorless in one take. Kozilek! <laughs> but you got him a three. You love it, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, Obligator did really well too. That was yeah, he was in the red blue Eldrazi. Yeah, yeah. That deck was. I, I actually love that deck. It's. I think it's. I think that for the to return, me, it's the more exciting of the. I, both decks more exciting. The, the, colorless, the colorless deck just goes off. Yeah. You know what's insane? This is the thing that's super. I mean, insane. Both, both decks had very similar cores. All right. So this is this is what I think is hella insane. So. Anytime a limited all-star does well, I get excited. Um, so the so say the guy's name who won. I can't say it right. JC. We call him JC. JC. Jaichen, but JC. So JC. Um, he wins right, and he makes it okay just to play like horrible draft leavings into a pro tour <laughs> winning constructed deck. So you're just like, what's in your deck, JC? Like I don't know, like. I got Vile Aggregate. <laughs> vile Aggregate. I got a side, a side Leopard. He's just got, <laughs> he's like, got a Fortified Rampart. <laughs> I played Side Leopard in the last Pro Tour. Uh, he's, like, he's like, I got like Eldrazi Sky Spawner. Like the dude literal didn't play Matter Reshaper, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like Matter Reshaper. He had to make room for Fortified Rampart, dude. He got it. Like, so his three drop is just like, oh, Matter Reshaper? No, I'll take I'll take Eldrazi Sky Spawner, right? Sky Spawner was sweet for that tournament in terms of Listen, listen to this story, okay? Just, I know it was sweet. It won the freaking fact, tournament. But in, but in terms of dealing with in fact and affinity, it was actually a pretty sweetly so, positioned card. I mean I'm just saying, like, look, Mattery Shaper, like actually a sweet card. Oh, and Eldrazi Sky Spawner totally gets left on the table at the end of the draft. Like <laughs> nobody leaves Mattery Shaper on the table. They're divvying that guy up. Oh, if a little I, shiny symbol at the If bottom. you have to tear him in half. <laughs> And then have Solomon decide who gets which half of the matter shaper. That happens, but nobody, nobody is taking Eldrazi, uh, you know, Sky Spawner. He just left, yeah. right? Despite the fact that he's a great reputation as a limited all star. Yeah, yeah. So he made it okay to play that card. What happens next weekend? Mox Championship. Brad Nelson has Eldrazi Sky Spawner. I know. Literally <laughs> standard green white. Brad Nelson has so many colors in his deck, but he's just like, nope. Spy spawn, Sky Spawner. <laughs> Just straight into my into my man beatdown deck. Just has them. Yeah. So like you know why? So Patrick told me he's like this is why. It's just like if you're just playing a mirror match where it's just about reflector mage, and you go sky spawner on turn three, and they have a reflector mage. Like what are they gonna do? Make you lift your sky spawner so you get like another bonus on it, or like basically trade their reflector mage for like a stupid token and lose the race? Because they're actually losing the race because the spy yeah. spawners will attack first and he's in the air. And like that's the reason why it's good. It's like, I guess that's good enough. Fuck your music. So good. Yeah, I did. We didn't peg that one as being constructed. We should go back and look at look at what our. Yeah. Maybe we should do it in five parts this time. We forgot to get paid for the last installment. <laughs> but right now, like right when I said that, like KYT is just like rubbing his hands together. He's like, oh, put one over <laughs> on the old man. Yeah, Reflector Mage has been super, super sweet. What did we say? I don't even remember what we said. Probably like, oh man, I like these kind of cards, but they're never good enough for constructed. Do you think the fact that it's just it's hard to replay it is the is the reason why that card's good enough? Or, yes. or do you think any man of world? No, 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 no. It's, the plays, it's the tempo. But people play Sidisi's Faithful. Yeah, but Sidisi's Faithful gets played in decks that can like 
do really broken things with CDC's Faithful. I mean, they just play like like four Reflector Mage and like three or four Sadisi's Faithful. I think they just like having bounce creatures. <laughs> like as far as I can tell, that's all like. <laughs> or, or they get a critical mass. What's that's your right. strategy, bounce creatures? <laughs> Which creatures are bouncing? Yes, I have enough that I I don't have to be discriminating about it. I can just bounce all the creatures. Do you do you remember Black Ice? Yeah. Like. I mean, we're, we're the, dialing it back to 1997. Was that what's that? Was that the first time? There was like a draft archetype. Was that like really the first like? When you say a draft, so you say so. Well, I don't want to dive too deeply into deep also... your other into your other world right now. But are we talking about the oral history of limited right now? Or are we talking about constructed? We're, we're talking about limited. Black ice is not a limited archetype, uh, but it was. Like there's no Zurin orb. No, 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 limit. no, no. I'm sorry. I, there's no winter orb in limit. Sure, sure, but there was the name. The deck took its I, name yeah, from. But, but then you people would draft the. Deck, like in the. I Mirage. believe that the the dawn of the draft archetype was Team Dickhead, circa nineteen ninety seven, Fallen Ascari, and anything that was like a, so. Hacker was like people would would misevaluate things, take things that were too expensive, and I would kill them with my three casting cost two two flankers. My God, and they gave me a two casting cost two two flanker, and that was like the whole thing. And then it was all. Then he called it the. Uh, what do you call it? Um, the sacred cows of blue and black. Because, like, you know, you sacrifice the sacred cows of black. It was just all about the tempo of mana wars. If you could get mana wars and necrotals, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But apparently he would, like, if he got an Ovinomancer, you couldn't win. <laughs> right? Like, the guy, like, I, and I would just try to play, like, these event because I would read a tournament report, I'm like, I guess Ovinomancer's good, Hagger said, and I would never win. <laughs> right, you wouldn't, how many lands did you have to I don't up? know. I don't know. I don't, like, a hundred lands. But, like, how would I cast my giant spider? <laughs> <laughs> The Vinomancer makes it hard to cast that guy. Maybe I were uh, casting him the wrong... But yeah, I think that was the, the dawn of the draft archetype. And then... That, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking that that's like really the first time I remember people having like a repeatable deck. But that was that only the draft. second block ever, to be fair. Right, right? Yes, So the first yes. block, was there even a Pro Tour associated with... Yeah, there was Pro Tour LA. Was, was Mirage. No, no, Pro Tour... Oh, no, no the one ha Hammer one? Yeah. Was I don't think that was even... That was sealed. It was right? like, but I think it was like corset. I'm yes. telling you. Yeah, it was. So I, I'm telling you, it was like because I, I sent you that. I was sent you that, that thing last night. Like I think this is like a good story, even though like. Um, yeah, was no, you, Mirage. Mirage was really the first. Like, like Mirage I mean, visions, could, not just Mirage, because like in Mirage like Ice only. I say you only played sealed. So like, I can remember Papula I mean, I know telling me about Pro Tour Atlanta. He's yeah. just like. Aaron Murnaka beat me twice in that tournament. Beat me in the Swiss, beat me in the top eight. The guy just always just played his two giant mantis, hid behind them, and then Kervik torched me with his two Kervik torches. Like, every single game. I'm Chris Bakula. Right? Like, the number of times I've heard that story in the last 20 years is sure. more than one. Okay? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so like, I think like, People and they used to, they called sealed luck. They were so incredulous. I'm like, oh, I guess we're playing sealed luck at this pro tour. Yeah, that was a pre-release pro tour. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, oh, did that you, seemed like an awesome idea at the time. Do you right? have Terry Borer on your list of people to talk to? He was an unbeatable limited player. I don't, but I will. Top eight I'll, of I'll, pro I'll tour Atlanta, and then he won New York that year. Yeah, his Armageddon deck, unbe un un unassailable. And then he just quit magic, like, yeah. on top of the world. Yeah. But he played a little battle tech. <laughs> it's weird to me the guys who were, like, on top of the magic world, like, back in the 90s and then just stopped playing. Like, if I had been good at magic back then, would I have just, like, lost my love and desire for Probably it? Probably not. Like, but I, maybe, maybe your love and desire for it is what makes you terrible at the game. <laughs> you think? I don't know. I mean, I... I got okay last year, I <laughs> think. No, was that just? Yeah, no, you were, yeah. I think I was okay for a while. Yeah. But I think I think you know I think that there's there's certain people who are just so um, remorseless, like they're able to just just complete be completely dispassionate and analytical, and I think that that lets you be great at magic sometimes, but it doesn't let you really love magic. <laughs> I think John loves magic. Sure. I think John might love magic as much as I do. Sure. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's everybody, but I mean, there's certainly people who have that kind of like, just like, are able to just sort of like, okay, 
there's a lot of people who, this is actually, Seoshi Fujita taught this to me. Yeah. Because I didn't know it before he taught this to me. So maybe I, I would have fallen into the other bucket back then. But there are people who, now I understand it, so I think that it's weird if other people don't have this. They're, they don't understand that you might just play a different deck at FNM than you would at a Pro Tour or a PTQ. Sure. And like, so Seoshi's explaining, I'm like, why would you play this awful deck you're describing? He's like, it was an FNM. And I'm like, well, why play FNM then? That's all you're going to do. And he's just like, because I love magic. <laughs> I'm like, well, then why not try to win? And he's like, because it's FNM. So I'm like, well, <laughs> explain to me then, again, why you're playing like a four-color land destruction deck, right? When people are like, you know, playing these good archetypes. He's like, because it's FNM. And like, I mean, we had this like circle conversation. But I now understand, like, you maybe would just play a less hyper-competitive deck at FNM. Right. Because, you know, maybe you have more repetitions or whatever. You just want to play something fun and so something you, or you want the uphill, Or you, or you want to, you know, have the uphill challenge of winning with a deck that's not as good as what you normally play. I mean, I don't know about it. Like, do you remember we did that podcast not that long ago at the Uncommons on a Tuesday night? Like, yeah. it's a random no-stakes tournament. Like, I was so salty. <laughs> it's like a random two. Like, it's just like nothing on the line. <laughs> Damn, please. Oh, Man, it's how was I supposed to expect this happening? There's like nothing, right? Like, you really think that there are people who... Yes. <laughs> who exist? There are, I mean, it's, it, there's people who just say, this is what I want to do to win today, and if I can win, it'll be awesome, and if I don't win, oh well. And I wanted my deck to be good. Remember, it was a beatdown deck with Dragonlord Dramaka. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh. Dragonlord Dramaka, wasn't it that? Wasn't that the Become a Men's combo? Yeah, Become a Men's combo with Dragonlord Dramaka. People are talking about, like, the Become a Men's combo is, like, a potential bannable thing in modern. In modern? Yeah. I mean, it's not even good enough for standard anymore. People are, like, rabbling, rousing and stuff. I mean, you said that guy was going to be good, and I was, like, a little incredulous Which about guy? it. The Bushwhacker. Oh, yeah. The, the, the Become a Men's combo is just a thing of the past now. People just whack, whack the bush. Did you see Raptor's Red Beatdown deck? No, no. All right, so Raptor's got this red beatdown deck. This is from the this is from the mocks. from the mox. Yeah, yeah. Mono red beatdown, like four bushwhackers main, yeah. oh, yes. like Kia and Pia, Pia Kia and Peel, whatever yeah. main. <laughs> so he's like red beatdown. Like he doesn't have like a lot of lands already. He's just regular red beatdown. But he has Kia and Peel main, and his removal suite is fiery impulse and outnumber. <laughs> because Mize, he's just got like dragon fodder, hordling outburst, Kia and Peel. So of course you would outnumber. That ain't nothing. His only green card is a Tarkus command. So like, why did you why even play green, right? He's like no become immense, whatever. So after sideboarding, because this is how good the mana bases are, right? Yeah. He has like three windswept teeth in his sideboard, <laughs> sides him in with a second cinder glade. Yeah. Four Nissa. Not G2 Nissa, go search for a forest. No, no. GG1 Nissa. <laughs> Make a plant. Make a Man, he's got like all the tokens covered. So I'm just like, for reals? <laughs> Make a plant? So when I first saw his deck list, I was just like, but he only has one basic forest. <laughs> Why does he have four Nissa? And I'm like, that Nissa? <laughs> but I guess the mana bases just do that. You just go search for both of your greens, I yeah. guess. Yeah, and you can't get punished for the card. Bloodstained Mire goes and gets that green for you. Yeah. NP. Yeah, it's hard to get punished. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I'm Outnumbered. I'm glad Reckless Bushwhacker's doing work. <laughs> what about the Nissa in Mono uh. Grand Beatdown? <laughs> what? What percentage of sideboard, like when you, when people build a deck, what percentage of sideboard cards do you think actually get, like, deployed? I mean, these ones all have to be deployed together. <laughs> you cannot cast the Nissa unless Without you bring the, the other four in. Right? It's just, but he ain't got no way to cast it, right? So he has to bring in, like, these three It's an extra Cinder Glade so he can cast the Nissa at all. So that's half the sideboard right there. That's eight cards. Yeah. Uh, what percentage? Of, I don't know. Like, it used to be the bar that, like, if you could play all your sideboard cards in a tournament, then you were, like, you were victorious. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that, I mean, for an individual or for, like, all the instances of that card in a tournament, sometimes people play joke cards in their sideboard, so I don't know. Like, if you have, like, a single, like, I don't know. There were, there were players back when I played in Ohio where, you know, it would be a big deal for them that they could, win a, they could win a PTQ and they have, like, one Radiant Archangel and there's, like, their mono black deck or something. <laughs> I mean, that's never getting deployed, right? No, no, no. I still think that, like... What's like 13 out of 15? Something along those lines. So I think over 80%, 85% yeah. get played. 
I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I've certainly yeah. had stinkers in my side. Yeah, yeah. I, always, I mean, side, sideboarding is, is tough, right? I mean, that's like probably the the thing that uh, where, where the most room for Advantage. growth as a player comes from. In Constructed? Yeah. I don't know. I think making the best play. I'm good at sideboarding and not good at making the best play, so my assumption is that the growth comes from making the best play. I got you. Not from sideboarding. I got you. I got you. So, uh, what do you, what do you think will happen with modern? I don't That's know the what question that means. everyone's asking, right? Like, do you think Ivan will get banned? I don't see why they should ban anything. I don't see why I, if they had. So people are cynical, okay? Right. So, one thing that people are saying is like, well, how could Watsi have not seen this coming? You ban Splinter Twin, and then this is what happens. Yeah, this is what happens. A freaking exciting Pro Tour. Oh, yeah. And then you get to see this amazing deck that might not have, you know, right. been even been discovered. If uh, would, would you... Yeah, I wonder. I, I don't even... I mean, the deck might still function. Without Aya Guggen? Well, no, 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 no. I meant, like, like, if you could still play Splinter Twin. Right, the deck is probably... The... Color Cell Drazi deck, for example, still exists, but doesn't get discovered. Well, it certainly still exists, right? Right. So I'm not but sure. But it doesn't get discovered the if, if it's a broken deck of all soul rings and Thundermaw Hellkites. Good enough if the opponents all kill you on the fourth turn. That's the, really the question. But but the thing is, you get to with Thought Not Seer. Yeah. I think Thought, like, not Seer, Thought Not Seer is just so brutal. I think. Patrick said it best. Thought Not Seer is a hell of a two-drop. Yeah. Right? I don't... I mean, it's a pretty fair magic card. Like, it's good. It gives you information and stuff. But I've been, like, a little disillusioned. In standard, if you put Thought Not Seer, you just take their best card, but they can always remove it. So it basically can't But they never off. get that card back. They just can't drop. Yeah, but that's fine. Okay. So if I trade three mana for your four mana, and then we just go up and down one additional card, that's just fine. It's, like, demonstrably better for me than if you had just played a ravenous rat right <laughs> think about it like that right it's way better for me sure it's 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 a it's a it gives you that sort of tactical edge in terms of tech taking apart their hand and getting information but then it's also a four four i mean it's also just it's a very it's it's, it's difficult it's to a kill. very good card but it's fair sure like compare it instead to reality smasher so I'm like glad we. I, I said, right. oh, I like that reality yeah, smash. Yeah. I like that card. And then I was a little reluctant. I was like, oh, maybe I'm not sure about this. Yeah, so I like this card. But like that card, man, that smash some reality. Yeah, it's great. It's I have a high good. correlation between opening that card and winning my draft. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if that, is that card better than Thundermaw Hellkite? It's five five. It, it might be. It's easier to cast. It, well, no, it's a little harder to cast. I mean, if you have it in your deck, presumably you can cast it. Sure. Can you have unlimited wastes and limited? Yes. But you don't get them. You have to draft them. Oh, well, that's what I meant. Yeah. You don't just get them like you could have forest. No. No, no, no. You um, have to draft them. It's, and, it's, you know, it comes at a cost. So, like, wastes are, like, the last colorless mana source you want in your deck. What if your deck is based on walker of the wastes? I mean, then, then you want them more, but, like... The thing is, it, it it comes at a cost, right? Like you're already even if even if you do, let's just say you're blue black devoid, you're still playing two colors, and then you have wastes that's like splashing a third color already, as opposed to like if you have cards that do other things or tap for other. You know, it was amazing to me that one of the best lands in the tournament was Shivan. Well, it taps for colorless. Right, it was a tri land. <laughs> It was just insane. The hell out of colorless mana. <laughs> the card was so insane in the Brew Tour. Um, Are you really thinking about coming to Detroit? I don't know. I wanna, I'm thinking about playing a PT, PPTQ in a week or two. Okay. This is a deck I wanted to play. I mean, if you don't mind cuddles, you can slam my room. Uh, what do you mean? Mind cuddles? <laughs> <laughs> Have you never met me? If you don't mind morning wood... <laughs> Middle of the night wood, 7 p.m. wood, wall of wood. Basically, you always wood. <laughs> always. Basically, I'm producing 01 plant tokens. They're blocking. They're rarely attacking. But when they do, they deal no damage. This metaphor is 
It's not going well for you. <laughs> Zero damage is done. In the rare cases, sometimes they block. But they come up turn after turn, unless I'm destroyed. <laughs> this is a terrible metaphor. Perhaps via ruinous path. Uh, so this is deck I was going to play. Silk Wrap. Uh, what's the three chasm cost Silk Wrap? Stasis Snare. Wasteland Strangler. So for which way? Which format? Standard. Oh, this is for the PP. Yeah, but then Eldrazi. Yeah. But like Wasteland Strangler's and Eldrazi, right? So like Mimics, Reality Smashers, etc. Turn into nowhere is going to get Reality Smasher, right? Is that in Standard? No. But Stasis Snare is. Yeah. So it's very good. Yeah. Because it's in play when it resolves. But like then, now I was thinking like maybe I'll just play this Raptors mono red deck because I want to make grant tokens in my mono red sideboard. <laughs> that seemed awesome to me. Yeah. It's like that seems sweet. Outnumber? Are you kidding? I'm gonna outnumber things. Like, <laughs> you could trumpet blast and standard. Apparently, people are blasting trumpets now. Oh really? Oh yeah. Ooh. Because they got so many just like tokens. Yeah. Trumpet blast. <laughs> but I mean maybe. Eldrazi Sky Spawner dot deck is the best. Yeah. If Brad played it, it's probably very good. It's probably fine, yeah. Uh, the little the thing I'm a little disillusioned about playing can he, like can he put one can, can Raptor put one planes in there and secure the waste too? I mean He is siding in three windswept teeth. Yeah, just one plane, <laughs> secure the waste. <laughs> so I was thinking about like the, the thing is like with Brad doing well and other Actually, people could, doing well like, with Bant. Six mana, you could just secure the waste for three, reckless bushwhacker and get in. Well, here's the thing. Yeah. People are playing Dramica's Command again because the the Bant deck is doing well. So like that makes it infinitely worse to be a Silk Wrap deck. And by infinitely worse, I mean somewhat marginally worse based yeah. on yeah, <laughs> based yeah. on the that's percentage. Infinite, of, that's exactly of, what infinitely of, means. Of Bant decks played in the tournament. Yeah. But you know what I mean by that. Yeah. Um. I don't know. How do, you, how do you feel about drafting this format? Is it fun? I, I really enjoy it. But it's less stupid than only Here's the, the original. The first one was so stupid because of processors. Now yeah. processors are no, irrelevant. Yeah, process, I, I also, so I had a deck last night with double um, Ol Olamog's Nullifier. Remember the blue-black flyer that counters the spell? Yeah. And If you so, could process. I had so many ways to process. So here's the thing. It was so good. My opponents were so mad. I guess countered, I countered two spells in one game. So do you start by... So what is the current draft you, order? You draft Oath first. Oath first. Just one pack no, of Oath? No, two packs of Oath. Two packs of Oath. So there's just no processing available. No, no, there isn't. But, like, so if you are, like, the one dude at the table who has, like, all the processing, you just get super paid off? So I, I ended up being... So I ended up opening up a pack where I had Reality Smasher and got past... Um, uh, got past... Uh, the, the blue guy that, like, uh, Dark Tidewater, Dark Dweller, I don't remember his name, but he's the 4-4. Four, four. I've been drinking bourbon all afternoon, by the way. So I can smell the stink of it on your breath, yeah. but I, I, I didn't notice from your manner. Yeah. Um, you know what the Pro Tour, I opened two Guardians of Tazim, did you know that? No. But they were in packs two and three, yeah. and I was firmly red-black when I saw the first. Yeah. I thought about switching, because that's, like, very high on yeah. my list of cards. If I had known the that, third one was hiding, I, I, I would have switched. That guy on the bicycle that just drove by? That was Alan Cumming. Shut up. Yeah. My, my wife served on a jury with him. Yeah. And then he Did looked, I tell you? And, he, I, and, and, and by the way, he heard us talking, and yeah. he looked at us like we were crazy. <laughs> Let me tell you about Alan Cumming. He was Nightcrawler. <laughs> He's in my favorite action scene of all time. Yeah. Now he's on one of my favorite TV he's shows. He's on my favorite CBS drama. He's very good. He's very skinny in real life. Yeah. He rides um, What's in it? Did you watch? Do you watch Mozart in the Jungle? I haven't watched. First of all, you should. We should watch it all through all those recaps that Kate did. But like, it's really very good. Um, but there's a woman on that show who I guess Alan Cumming went out with her. Yeah. She's like a hundred feet tall. Yeah. She's very beautiful. And now, now they're both gay. Oh. Which is like, I thought that was interesting because I thought he was always just gay, but apparently yeah. he used to be with, married to beautiful women. Yeah. Did uh, did you are you caught up on the Good Wife? Yeah. Are you caught up with Scandal? I I, I told you you had to be caught up with Scandal I before this podcast. Caught up on Scandal. All right. Is Jake like a bad guy? Like I forgot for a minute that he like murdered that guy's husband last season, right? Remember when he just like cold blooded murdered? Yeah. Like he's what's a his psychopath. Name? But like. 
He's why do a murderous we, sociopath. Why do we love Jake so much? <laughs> like, I keep fucking thinking, like, like, when Jake gets knifed to death, like, earlier this season, like, oh, no, Jake's going to be dead. And then they save him. Yeah. I'm like, yay. But then he's just, like, randomly murders people for no reason. Oh, he, he has a reason. He's a sociopath. But has he always been a bad guy? I mean, he's always been a killer. He's just like Huck or Quinn. I mean, Huck and Quinn are both kind of terrible people. Quinn, too? Huck, yeah. Okay. Huck is like Huck is crazy. Yeah. So he's like our, he's like the Hulk, right? He's like he's he's bad. He destroys things. Yes, we're talking but, about scandal, folks. But he's our monster, right? He's just like he's our monster. Quinn, so Quinn. So like Quinn. Part, Quinn is like Wendigo. Then she's <laughs> chosen. She's chosen to take gamma radiation and inject she's it into like herself. She's like a Canadian cannibal. Yes, right? she's, if you commit cannibalism in the wastelands of Canada, mana deprived readers. <laughs> You two can become a supervillain who opposes Alpha Flight. Yeah. Wait, no, no, no seriously. This is my root. So oh, I meant the abomination. Was it the abomination? Well, I mean, Wendigo is fine. Yeah, yeah. You, If you're committing cannibalism in Canada, yeah, yeah. Yeah. you're going to become right, a Wendigo, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And that is, as a first appearance of Wolverine, is Wendigo fighting against Hulk, right? Yeah, I think so. And then Wolverine yeah. is, but it's in Canada, so Wolverine, that's his first appearance. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, can, this is very Canadian, can, Canadianly germane. So... Huck is a monster. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But he's like, part of the service that Olivia Pope's team has is keeping that monster in check from the rest of society. So he only kills sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. Only when he's having a bad sometimes day. Sometimes a bus full of jurors. Sure. But, more or less keep him under control. Less maybe more than more. Yeah. But like, he would be killing a lot more people. Yeah, yeah, of course. If not for Olivia Pope sure. and Associates, right? Or, or he'd be a homeless guy on the subway. Which is what he was before she <laughs> picks him up. But now, like, his computer skills and killing <laughs> are honed, yeah. you know, to the to the service of a woman who stole a presidential election. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what fuck I get. Quinn, she's kind of a victim in this, I think. She's, she starts off as... She's, not, she's a terrorist to begin with, right? They recruit her. She starts off as a terrorist and then joins the team, right? Yeah, she's... Yeah, I don't know. She's got a taste for murder, though. She likes it. She Was she ever killed? She pulled somebody's teeth out, maybe. I don't know. She's killed somebody. She killed somebody. She's killed somebody. But Jake... Jake is so handsome. They show him with his shirt off. Like, and he's just, like, making these felicity eyes. Like, oh, I used to be married to Jennifer Garner. <laughs> You know, he used to be married to Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Um, and he's very handsome, and he's just like, you know, the president trusts him and stuff, and, you know, I guess he's one of the men that Olivia likes to have sex with. So when he kills someone, I'm like, there's a lot of killing. But most of the people he kills I don't care about. Like, he kills, like, another spy. Who cares? What about when he killed the reporter? That's what I'm saying. Like... That guy was the press secretary at the time, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, that was kind of... But he said he... But he was command at the time, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, So while you're command, I think you're just... What you're doing bad command? things, you know? But, like, the number of times that Rowan has tried to have him killed, that he would now be going working for him, that yeah. seems... Yeah. It's a, the show... The, the, the sort of joy of the show is that it's just so far out there. Is it really far out there? I have a feeling that this is actually how the government is run. I did, I did, when she, when I read the story about Antonine Scalia, I just assumed B613 killed him. Well, so think about it like this, right? The whole, I just had this image of Quinn with a syringe yeah. over his neck. If you're, if you're not caught up on like the second season of Scandal, sorry, okay? So they stole the election with the Diebold machines, right? Yeah. The reason I think this is like, it's like, that's literally what George, Bo- George W. Bush did. And, like, she was, like, Shonda Rhimes or whoever was the creator of this was his Olivia, right? She was his fixer. And that's, like, the basis of the show. Shonda Rhimes was a fixer? Whoever made the, the show. The, no, the, it's based on a fixer. Based on a real fixer yeah, yeah, who yeah. was a fixer for, for George sure. W. Bush. So, like, I'm like, oh, the whole, like, we stole the election of Diebold machines is, like, a ha-ha funny, like... It's horrifying if you're watching the show because that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. But that's really what happened I, in America. Yeah. I'm super excited about their new According show. to rumors, I don't yeah. know. I'm super you know. excited about their new show. Have you seen the answer to the new show? No. It's Muriel Enos, who was on The Killing. I know who she is, the redhead. Yeah. Who used to be on uh, that that show about having a bunch of sister wives. Was she on that show? Yeah. I didn't know that. I never, saw, I never watched the show. But she was on The Killing, and then she was in the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie... Something. I don't remember what it was called from a little while ago, but she she was really hot and crazy in it. 
See, I don't get it. People say she's hot. She doesn't do anything for me. She, well, she's, 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 she looks good in this show. But anyway, it's, a, it's like a To Catch a Thief style old school caper show with her and uh, Peter Krause. Peter Krause? Is it, is it that one from Six Feet Under? Yeah. Yeah, from Six Feet Under. As like sort of, it's kind of like a um, duplicity type show. I don't know any of the words that you yeah. <laughs> to catch a thief duplicity, and that's a Shonda Rhimes show. Yeah, and it's a new, it's a new Shonda Rhimes. So it'll be an insta, insta, hit. insta hit. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna come on in place of how to get away with. Murder so I did place. see, uh, what is that? The one that you were looking for? Like, it has like a stupid name, like Waypack and Dum Dum. <laughs> Waypack and Dum Dum. <laughs> Imagine the shows you're excited about that have a stupid name. That's Just a like, lot of them. Like, idiot and other idiot. The, is it the show about the computer hackers? No, it's about like El, think Elmore Leonard maybe, or some other pulp writer you like. It's like Huck and Dumb, like Huck and I want to talk. It's like idiot and other idiot. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but like Christina Hendricks is on the show. Oh sure, sure. Did that start already? It, I saw an ad for it this week. Oh, okay. What's the name of it? It's a stupid. Happen Leonard. <laughs> Idiot and other idiot. Hap is one of the names of the idiot. Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you I'm going to just make a prediction right now. It's my favorite show. Not only is it your favorite show, but you are going to be reciting to me chapter and verse of Hap and Leonard's characters are. Will I be recapping it for Fetchland? I mean, I'll probably recap it. Yeah? I mean, Hap Hap and Leonard are two of my favorite crime fiction characters. Well, I don't know if it's started yet. Yeah. You get better get on that. Yeah, I don't think... No, I don't think it's on. I would know if it was on. That's no, why Christine I was... Christina Hendricks is on. Christina Hendricks People is on. People will just do whatever TV shows now on whatever station. Maybe not even a station. Like, <laughs> there's like these Hulu shows. Like, that's not even a TV station. Yeah. And like, have you watched, gigantic stars are on Have, have you watched like, Outsider Show? No, you texted me about it, though. I have not watched it Apparently, yet. it's very good. Have you watched it? No. So how come I'm supposed to watch it? I, I don't know. I got you, stuff you I'm like, watching. You like Sons of Anarchy even more than I did. I I don't know if that's true, but I very much liked it. I don't know how much you really liked it versus we're like, well, I actually like Justified more. Like, maybe I only like Sons of Anarchy 7, but you like Sons of Anarchy 8, but you just happen to like Justified 9. Yeah, that's so true. So it's possible that you like Sons of Anarchy and more than I did. When you buy Justified 9, you mean Justified 10. Okay. So, Justified's basically my favorite TV show. Okay. Veronica Mars is not basically my favorite TV show. It's just my favorite TV show. Also, a detective show. <laughs> but a, it does not. I'm. <laughs> it is not a detective show. It's a detective show. I haven't watched it yet. So. You haven't watched Veronica Mars. I've never watched Veronica Wait. Mars. When Seal, all right, old Top Eight Magic. <laughs> this is like Angel Top Eight Magic. Right? So Seal has told us to watch this like back in two thousand and five. Yep. I know. And I but watched it. It's not it. on anything. It's on Amazon Prime. Is it? Yes. It wasn't recently. Well, it is. All right, I'll right watch it. If second. it's on Amazon Prime, I will watch it. And it is my favorite show of all time. So Seal said to watch it, and I watched it, and I'm like, I watched like the first episode, it was very good. I watched the second episode, and I think the second episode is the one she's like dressed up as like, you know, like a Sailor Moon kind of like Japanese fetishized Oddly video enough, game I've seen character. That episode. Yeah, you've seen that episode, right? But then, like, there's, like, there, an early episode has Paris Hilton in it, so people are like, oh, this show's stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I guess that was just a thing they did, right? They were trying, like, they were on this, not even on the CW yet. They were on, like, UPN. Right. You know, they're, like, grasping at things, to, like, trying to find their footing. I've way too many CW shows. I mean, the show is phenomenal. There's a reason it crushed every record on Kicks. Right, it's really, really good. I think you should watch it. Do you watch, uh, do you watch The 100? No, you keep telling me to, though. It's so good. You know what I do watch, though? That's I've it. seen every episode of The Shannara Chronicles. Ask me if it's good. Is it good? No. So I watched <laughs> it. You're like, no. Nope. Nope. So I watched the first one and I was like, oh, I'll recap this for Fetcher. No, I will not. This is one into the Badlands I am not going to step into. I'm not going into those Badlands. I mean, like, think about it. Have you read the Shannara books? Read any of them? I know. So Al-Anon is basically like their Gandalf, right? Yeah. But they cast Crixus slash Deathstroke as their Gandalf. So he's just like, you know, Crixus from... From Spartacus slash Deathstroke, Deathstroke from Arrow, yeah. So he's just like a master swordsman and stuff, okay. instead of just like a regular druid. And then also like, for I guess they had extra special effects budget, so their swords are like basically lightsabers, but become a sword <laughs> instead of like with light. But there's nothing about that in the books. Like they don't have like a stick that like, like a you know a, a, a so like, I might like that because none of this will be offensive to me. And like, so like it's also on MTV, so like it's just attractive elves, I guess. Smashing each other, you know, like, getting it down with each other in swimming pools. It was just like I don't remember like, the half elf kid, you know, 
<laughs> nailing the elf princess and then nailing the gypsy girl in between different episodes. Yeah. But that, but they do that in this show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then like, Teen Wolf shows up. And then they're like, but then they use like colloquialisms like, hey, that's what you do? Like you just sleep with somebody? Like, but they would have said something like, you know, shown your manhood so, <laughs> carnally <laughs> to another woman's pre-womb. Hey, towards this way? What? I think so, but I'm not sure. Perfect. Yeah, I think so. So, like, I don't think they would have said sleeping with, because there wasn't a lot of sleeping. Did you, uh... That's so, only on the Top 8 so Magic sh- Podcast. Show, the show that was, I think, the best show that I watched recently was The Expanse. I never even heard of this show. So it's on Sci-Fi Network. It's based on a series of novels. Uh, it stars Thomas Jane. I know who Thomas Jane is. The Punisher? Yes. <laughs> well, now the Punisher is Shane from Walking Dead in the new Daredevil. But anyway... Um, oh, okay. But but it stars Thomas Jane and a bunch of like really good like sort of B level actors from TV. But it's basically the method. It's Battlestar Galactica methadone. It's like really dark, gritty science fiction in space. The it's, Expanse. The Expanse. It's terrific. There were ten episodes, first season. It was. Terrific. Where will I watch this? It should be on Sci-Fi. It should be streaming on Sci-Fi. All right, I will. On watch the, it. Sci-Fi. Do you think I could trick my wife into watching? Probably not. She watched the Battlestar Galactica. I think she'll like it. It's. Re- I mean, it's really good. It's like, it's really political. The science is pretty hard. So the, the whole thing about Battlestar Galactica is like they convinced you that terrorism is okay, right? Like that, that's the thing that I. Uh, I mean, I think they presented just a, a viewpoint of terror. I mean, maybe they convinced you, maybe they didn't convince you, but like they I presented. Was, I'm just, I'm just saying that they presented. It was like so. I mean, I found that 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 show was so emotionally gripping to me. Like, like I, I was watching this episode, and I'm like, is the narrative of this episode that terrorism is okay? Or unjustifiable. And the other ones are like, am I really thinking about the moral implications of raping robots? <laughs> right? Like, like that, that's like, what, those are like big questions, right? If it's a robot, is it okay? You know, and it's, you know, horrible. You know, you feel like, oh, no, I care about this particular robot is okay. But all those other robots we should kill. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, it, it's kind of. Yeah. But the expanse, the expanse is, is much more dialed back into human stuff. Yeah. It's, it doesn't go, it's like, it's much more plausible science fiction. It's like only if like 50 years in the future. Yeah. And it's, I, I think you'll, I think you will really, really like it. Okay. I'll, I'll put it on my list. So these are the things I've been watching. All, so I think you should watch Most of the Jungle. Sure. I really enjoyed it. And then one of the things I looked up after I watched it was how old Bernadette Peters is now. Yeah. My God, I don't think there is a better looking 68 year old woman on the planet. She's would, 68. She's, yeah, I she will, is held together. So. I will raise you a 63-year-old Mary Lou Henner. Okay. 68, <laughs> my friend. She's got five years. She's got five years of Mary Lou I'm just saying Mary Lou Henner at, at 63. 63 looks better than she looked at 25 on well, this Taxi. That's the same as, like, uh, Sons of Anarchy, whatever. Katie Seagal. Katie Seagal looked better at, like, 50 than she did when she was on Married with Children, I sure. think. Or, like, also... Uh, what's her name? Who used to be married to Sean Penn? Who's on? Uh, Robin who's, Wright. Yeah, Robin Wright Robin. is a hundred times better looking than she was in Princess Bride right now. You shut up. You know it's true. <laughs> no, it's true, but still shut up. <laughs> Both are good. <laughs> this one's better. Yeah, she's she's among my favorites. Yeah. So anyway, I gotta go. Same. All right. So top eight magic. Facebook. Facebook top eight magic. Fetchland.com. Do you have, do you have uh, any more cooking coming up? I, I need to do a new episode, but I've been really I've been really busy. I've, I do have a new episode in, coming up. Yeah, in the in the in the queue. All right, cool. Um, this has been uh, Michael J. Flores. Go to our Facebook page and like it, and then also follow our Twitter that's never tweeted. <laughs> that's your other goal. Fetchland.